We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. DFS Podcast Friday edition for this weekend's NFL games, folks. Hi there, football fans. I'm Paul Bruno, and I invite you to follow me at Statsman22. And back from a party weekend in Atlanta, my usual co-host, John McKechnie, whom you can follow at Johnny McKex. Welcome, Jack. Back, John. How are you doing? Appreciate it. It's good to be back. Uh, last weekend was a was a good time. Went down there for my buddy's wedding. Uh, went got to go to a concert uh, down in Athens, where where uh, UGA is, my my alma mater. So it's good to be back down there a little bit. Um, definitely glad to be back in the office. So, you know, you can only pull that off for so many days after a while. You know what, John? You are just one of a number of guys I've gotten to know what the Rotowire head office in Madison. It seems that a lot of you guys come from somewhere else, and you all have really neat stories about ties to colleges that are not too close to the Madison area. Your t- story is not unique. How do you account for that? What, what, uh, what is, makes it all you guys so, so transient, I'll say? <laughs> well, I mean, Madison's definitely a place where, where, you know, like when you're younger, you know, you have no qualms about, about getting up here. You know, I had always heard good things about, about Madison, but I had never uh, myself been up this way. So when I got the internship, uh, you know, I was really excited to come up here for that summer and, you know, I've, I've loved it ever since. So I, you know, obviously no, no reservations about moving back up here when I got the invite for that as well. You know what? I've heard a lot of great things. I have to get out that way and uh, it'd be great to catch a Packers game out there too. Uh, how far is it from, from Madison to Green Bay? Uh, educate me on the Canadian. Green Bay is, is pretty far up north. Uh, I'm not sure exactly how far it is. I've heard mixed drive times, but maybe that depends on how slow the, the person I'm talking to 
uh, tends to drive, but uh, you know, I've heard anywhere from two and a half to three and a half hours from Madison uh, up to Lambeau. Well, a lead foot like me will probably get it done on the shorter end of that, that right span. <laughs> All right, John, let's get into this. Uh, you know, our, our listeners know it's Friday, and that means we get to put a bow on RotoWire's weekly series of position-based pods, uh, where we take a look at the kicker options today, and then come up with our best recommendations for full lineups as John and I share our top picks at each position. These choices will actually make up my FanDuel roster and probably John's as well in our staff league. And uh, But first, let's take a look at last night's game. John, who caught your eye on that AFC South tussle between the Jags and Titans? Well, I think the jerseys catch your eye first and foremost. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty striking. They are, uh, especially the Jaguars, they're about as ugly as, as how they played. Um, I think last night sort of affirmed what a lot of us uh, tend to think about the Jaguars and and, uh, and kind of Blake Bortles that, you know, everyone was really excited about him coming into this year. I was. I was excited about Allen Robinson, too. And it just seems like, uh, you know, I think someone on Twitter put it best. is is about as lopsided of a 14-point win for the Titans as you're going to see. I mean, the Jaguars made up some ground towards the end, but... It, it, you knew that the Titans had it from from a, the pretty early goings. Uh, the Titans, uh, you got to be excited about Derrick Henry. Uh, he sort of came on strong. We've been kind of waiting for him, but Demarco's been getting the bulk of the work there. But you know, he he uh, kind of hurt his foot a little bit there, so that allowed Henry to get into the game, get his first professional touchdown. Uh, he looked really good doing it too. So I mean, uh, Titans are back up to 500 now in a, in a really kind of wide open and. Uh, not very good division. So, I mean, they, they might be back in the thick of it now all of a sudden for the division crown. You know what? Uh, in terms of the FanDuel perspective, Bortles, really, Bortles' owners uh, kind of vultured their way to a lot of points last night because yep. it was a lot of garbage time involved. He threw three, three, 300 plus yards and three TDs. That's a great night in fantasy, but he was on the losing end of the scoreboard. For me, uh, okay, Mariota gets a W, but his numbers pale in comparison. And that's a shame because, as you say, he was on the more dominant side. And uh, as a Cowboys fan and a guy who really got to like DeMarco Murray, I'm really glad that this guy's kind of rehabbed his reputation, John. And uh, he, he just firmed it up with a pretty solid performance again last night that we've come to, to expect from him uh, in the early part of the season. He's starting to string these together and remind people that he was a pretty good back before the disastrous uh, turn in uh, the last year and a half uh, of his career when he jumped ship in Dallas to go to Philly and so on. Yeah, I mean, he's only two years removed from, from you know, being one of the better running backs in, in the NFL. So, I mean, and he, he's still on the right side of 30. So th- this shouldn't be overly shocking. But like you said, it, it is good to see that he's had this resurgence in Tennessee. And then the other receiver, the receiver of note is Alan Hearns for a nice night. Seven catches, 93 yards and one TD. That, that'll get you some points in FanDuel. That's about 16 points. Uh, off the top of my head with quick math, to be honest, it's 15.3 exactly. So a good night for him and, and his owners. But uh, let's take a look around the league and some of the potential headlines that, uh, that will be made. And uh, our, uh, our first one is an interesting one for me. A top draft pick, uh, Goff, it looks like he might make his debut for the Rams this weekend. What do you expect from him in his first night out if he gets a shot? Not a whole lot. Uh, I... I just don't think that if it's taken Goff this long to, to sort of surpass Case Keenum, then there's got to be a, a pretty steep learning curve that he's had to deal with. So I think that uh, Fisher's probably going to keep things pretty simple uh, for, for him whenever that, that debut does come. I guess it would be uh, next week. I think the Rams might be on a bye week. They might be on a bye week this week. You're right. 
Um, so, you know, I guess if he preps as the starter, reps with the ones for two straight weeks as opposed to one, you know, that, that definitely gives him some more time to build uh, some chemistry with, with his teammates. Uh, but at the same time, I, I just worry that, that he's going to be very limited. They're going to they're going to take it really conservative, which is the hallmark of a Jeff Fisher offense. And I, I just don't see a whole lot of uh, fantasy uh, upside for golf, at least in the early goings here, even though I do think that, you know, down the line, he could be a, a pretty good professional quarterback. I just, uh, I just don't see it right now. Now, John, I'm looking at the schedule again, and tomorrow there's another game that really threatens marriages along the, along the landscape of, in North America, because there's another one of these early games in London. Uh, for a married guy like me, this becomes a bit of an issue from time to time, and I'm not alone canvassing my buddies. What do you think about this whole London experience, though, from, from a different perspective? The games are sloppy, and, you know, I think one of the bigger narratives that's been surprising across football this, this season has been, like, the, the drop in ratings. And I think it's it comes down to a little bit of just oversaturation. And I think, you know, we're seeing these sloppy Thursday night games every single week. Now we're seeing all these London games where you have to get up extra early to watch them. And the, they're usually pretty bad, played on, like, these soccer fields that the turf doesn't hold up quite the same way. So... I'm just not a huge fan of these London games. They, they seem gimmicky. I, I understand wanting to uh, build the, the sort of international brand of the NFL, but uh, I don't really know how much good it actually does, to be completely honest with you, especially like across the pond in that sense. Yeah, I don't see a lot of upside, uh, except for marketing, I guess, uh, around the world. It's an attraction. Uh, John, I'm going to switch gears because I've been slugging it out with my Wednesday, Thursday uh, podcast partner James Seltzer. He's a big Eagles fan. You know, I'm a big Cowboys fan. There's a pretty important game this weekend, Sunday night. What do you expect? Give me the unbiased outcome from John McKechnie's desk. Oh, well, I like Dallas in this one. Uh, you know, you're, you're coming off a of bye week, so you're going to be fresh. I think you're, you're getting Des Bryant back. I think that's a huge factor. You know, playing at home, uh, all those things kind of kind of make me lean uh, the, in the Cowboys' direction. I think the Eagles have been a little bit Jekyll and Hyde uh, since you know since their kind of huge win over Pittsburgh earlier in the season. But I think that Dallas uh, is playing great ball right now, and definitely coming off a of bye week uh, is going to help matters. Uh, so I, I would I would lean the Cowboys' direction. How do you see that one playing well, out? Uh, as a homer, I'm going to hope that you're right, and I, and I do feel good about it. I, I think it could be a low-scoring game and a battle of the lines, and if, if it is, I, I'll take the Cowboys' rushing attack, and I expect a big game from uh, Zeke Elliott again in that regard. The guy just seems to be churning him out with regularity, and he's very insulated back there. He reminds me of the times when er, Emmett Smith was running behind it, that dominant line in that era, and... Uh, he wasn't touched to look about three yards past the line of scrimmage in a lot of cases. And, and Elliott's starting to get that kind of opportunity behind the, that big offensive unit. Big test this weekend against the Eagles, though, and a battle of rookie quarterbacks makes this uh, another intriguing aspect to, that'll be worth watching. I've seen some cracks in Wentz's game, but I haven't seen anything too bad out of Dak Prescott so far this year. So uh, I'll give the Cowboy quarterback a little bit of edge in, in the composure department, I'll say. So maybe that's going to be a, a determining factor. And, of course, the bright lights on Sunday. Nice to get, it's nice to get a good game on national television for once. Yeah, you know what? And I echo your sentiments about the Thursday games. We've seen a succession of dogs, and uh, I, I really can't say that I've sat through any of them from beginning to end. They just kill you with boredom at some point, and last night was <laughs> no. no exception, unfortunately. So anyway, let's. as we said in the opening, we're going to 
try to finish off our weekly cycle uh, we'll, by looking at the best values on the kickers uh, along the board. Uh, and today in FanDuel, there's only one kicker above $5,000. Do you take a shot at uh, Vinatieri in this, uh, this week's uh, grouping? I mean, if you have the extra money, uh, I don't really see why, why not. Because, you know, Vinatieri is just an automatic guy. And, he, you know, he's going to be at home. So the, the conditions will be perfect for kicking. Uh, you know, and the field will be fine. Uh, but I, I don't really see, like, a whole lot of room for profit here at 5,100. I think that there are some other guys, uh, you know, that, that are going to be kicking in domes, that sort of thing, with a much lower price tag uh, that, that should have a shot at, at, at maybe even matching uh, Vinatieri's t- uh, complete uh, point total output. So I don't, really, I don't really think I'm paying up for Vinatieri per se this week, even if, even if he is at home. Yeah, and he, he does rank as the most productive kicker in fantasy and FanDuel play with 12.6 points per week. But I agree with you. I mean, I'm not going to blow my brains out on a kicker when I can go save about three $400 and get a guy who I feel more com- uh, just as confident in. There's Matt Bryant down below at 4800 And, of course, Dan Bailey for me at 4700 looks like a good pay- play this week. Uh, anybody else in that forty-five to five thousand range that grabs you? I mean, there's a few names out there. Uh, I like McManus a good bit. Uh, Goskowski's always a guy that that uh, should be in consideration. Uh, Hauschka's going to be kicking in the dome in New Orleans, so I think that helps his value a little bit. I could see myself potentially grabbing a share of him this weekend, but. From that tier, I'd probably say McManus would probably be my favorite. McManus or Bryant. And then uh, what about the bargain basement there, 4,500s? you see anybody that jumps out at you? There's one name that, that uh, shows up for me, and, and I might go there. I'm going the Lambeau route. I'm Bingo. going, I'm going Josh awesome. Lambeau of, of San Diego. I think he's been a pretty productive guy. I'm surprised that he's sitting at, at like the minimum uh, kicker price this week. And, uh, you know, whenever you're, you're kicking in Denver – uh, it expands your field goal range a little bit here. So we could see some long field goals from, from Lambeau, and I think that definitely helps uh, his upside this week. And another name that I'll throw out at the bottom of that list near near the bottom is Roberto Aguayo against the terrible Oakland Raiders. Maybe uh, he's uh, priced so low because... Terrible Oakland Raiders? Whoa, now. Well, they're not that bad. Terrible defense, man. The, okay, the, there you the, go. The defensive side of them. Offensively, they're fun to watch, no question. If you want a high-scoring game, you'll get them from these guys every week. But... Uh, but uh, the defense is, is lacking, and maybe they're factoring in the fact that a lot of the drives by Tampa could wind up in the end zone, and he's priced so low as a result. But uh, we'll have to see how that plays out, John. But uh, a lot of different options on the board. If you had to settle on one guy, and you will, who's, the, who's your man? I would say, I would say Lambeau, for sure, just because I, I, I don't really like paying a ton for my kicker. I think that uh, usually kicker is where I try to save uh, some money so I can I can go for the higher price skill position guys. Uh, so I think Lambo presents the type of upside to where uh, I'll roster him and just you know it's like just do it, lock it in, forget about it, don't worry about it. Yeah, and I think that uh, Dan Bailey is a guy that I'm going to counter $4,700. I'm going to try and say this is not a homer pick, but really it is, John. I'm hoping that the Cowboys totally run, run up like a score. And, and I think that Philly's, Philly's defense is really strong, so they'll probably stop a few of the Cowboys scoring drives, I would imagine. But uh, Bailey can hit from this side of the moon, it seems like, with just as good accuracy as any shorter kicks, less than 50 yards. So I'll take my chances with him and hope that he gets, say, three field goals, three converts, and uh, I'll, I'll walk away with 12 happy points there. Uh, 
Time to give a nod to our friends at FanDuel, John. Fantasy football fans have all the victory every Sunday with FanDuel. Fantasy football for everyday fans. There's new contests starting every week. No busted seasons. Just pick your contest, choose your team, and watch your score in real time. Uh, With FanDuel, there's something for everyday fans. There's new contests starting every week. uh, As I said, new this year. There's an upgraded experience. Get even more contest variety. Try beginner contests for new players only. Settle a score with a friend in a head-to-head game. Try a 50-50 deal where the top half win cash. Or play in larger tournaments for even more excitement. Play for a dollar. Choices for every budget, in fact. Now, John, uh, we've played this fantasy game for a while, you and I, on FanDuel, and I've, I've come around to a couple of different strategies, and I wonder which one has worked best for you so far this season. I think uh, a lot of the times during the week, uh, just based on injuries, we'll kind of see uh, one lower-priced option sort of become the trendy choice of the week, the, the sort of chalky uh, play that that uh, gives a ton of upside for, and value for whatever they're priced at. You know, a, a guy like uh, Jacques Rogers once uh, Doug Martin and Charles Sims went out. You know, for example, uh, I think that guys like that. So you have to really parse out and, and decide for yourself whether you think this is a this is a play that everyone's going to be on. Like he's going to be, you know, owned in seventy percent of cash games. Is it going to be one of those situations where I fade him? And, and hope for the best, or is it going to be one where, you know, if you faded, say, Spencer Ware in week one, uh, uh, and you, you get completely burned by it. So, uh, you know, I think that's the big key. Uh, this week, for me, it's going to be Devontae Booker. I'll get into that a little bit later. I think he's going to be very highly owned, but I think it's going to be worth it. So it's really kind of being able to nail that value pick. And for me, uh, I look at mismatches in the passing game between the offense and the defense, like uh, Cincinnati's game last week against the, the Browns. I had both Andy Dalton and A.J. Green in there against that horrible Cleveland defense. They worked out very well for me as the numbers did bear out, but I wasn't alone. They were pretty popular choices. Anyway, we remind people that you can have fun with all that fantasy football has to offer with FanDuel. Be sports rich. There's a special offer for new users. Get a free six-month Rotowire subscription with a $10 deposit on FanDuel. Go to FanDuel.com slash RW. Not only will you get the free subscription, but you'll have that $10 available to play with on FanDuel. That's over $40 in value for just 10 bucks. Go to FanDuel.com slash RW. All right, John, it's time to get back to the rest of our FanDuel lineups. Give me your quarterback, bud. Oh, I'm going to go to the, that classic uh, Super Bowl 37 rematch between the Raiders <laughs> and the Buccaneers, the Battle of the Pirate teams. Um, I'm going to go with Jameis Winston here at, at 7,400. Uh, Oakland's been oddly good on the road this season, but once you start to take a closer look at it, you, you realize that, it, uh, that that success has come against pretty bad teams, uh, teams like New Orleans, Tennessee, Baltimore, and Jacksonville. Um, so... I'm not particularly worried about them on the road, even despite their record. And I think that Jameis is a guy who's relatively cheap at 7,400. That that's puts him, you know, kind of about 10 spots down as far as how expensive quarterbacks are going, you know, but behind a, a guy like Aaron Rodgers at 8,800. Uh, so I love that price tag, and I love the, the ability uh, that that price tag gives me to, to, say, pair him with Mike Evans, like what you were saying about, about your uh, Andy Dalton, A.J. Green combination. I think that Jameis uh, is going to take advantage of the, of the soft Oakland secondary. Oakland secondary has been uh, prone to giving up a lot of, of big plays this season. And I think that Winston is, is going to be my guy. 
Well, and Aaron, I'm going to the top of the table picking Aaron Rodgers. You, you dropped his name. This guy filled the air with footballs as the Packers faded their entire running game last week, John, and I expect he's going to try and do the same thing against the vulnerable Packers, uh, Falcons secondary, I should say. Uh, they're not very good over there in Atlanta. They've been involved in some shootouts, and the defense has been exposed. The Packers have no credible running backs, as I said, in their lineup again this week, so this overcommitment of the passing game should mean another 50-plus pass attempts, and that should translate into 300 yards and a couple of TDs. I'll take that, and I'll pay up for it because it's a virtual lock again in this matchup. Aaron Rodgers, it's too early to throw dirt on this guy, as I suggested last week in my show with uh, James Seltzer in your absence. This is a guy I expect a lot of good things in the second half, even though he hasn't got the support from the running game. In terms of the running game, John, you've got two picks for us. I'm going to go with Devontae Booker, like I mentioned, uh, of the Broncos. He's a rookie out of Utah. He's sitting at 5,600, which puts him uh, in really cheap company. You know, he's cheaper than a guy like Theo Riddick. Uh, and he's uh, he's like $100 more than a guy like Ryan Matthews. So uh, C.J. Anderson, he might be done for the season. It looks like very unfortunate for most of my season-long teams. But it works out for me for FanDuel this week. I think, like I, like I alluded to earlier, he's probably going to be pretty highly owned. He's going to be a pretty trendy pick this week. Uh, but at the same time, I think it, it is going to pay off going against the San Diego defense defense. Uh, in Denver, where you're, where I think that Denver is going to try to tend to uh, lean on the run game, and now that they're now that they're not going to have to worry about splitting carries, to, and Booker is is clearly the number one guy. Uh, I think that he's going to he's going to see 20 plus carries. Uh, if he can average around 4.9 yards per carry like he did last week, you know that, that we're going to see 100 yards. I think we could see a touchdown. I think San Diego's defense has improved since Joey Bosa started playing, but at the same time. I think that Booker's just going to see the volume to where he's definitely going to going to hit value for you in a big way. And then uh, my second running back would have to be Christine Michael. I know he's had a couple of relatively slow weeks. Um, he definitely uh, struggled last week against Arizona on the road. Uh, but I don't think it's going to happen this week in New Orleans. I, I, I don't think that New Orleans can stop a nosebleed. I don't think I'm the first one to ever say that. But, uh, you know, th- this is a situation where Michael... He's going to be able to pick up chunk yardage, and uh, Russell Wilson. He's a little bit dinged up, so I could definitely see where Seattle wants to wants to take the pressure off of Will, Wilson's shoulders uh, and kind of pound the rock with Christine Michael. And I think that uh, that's going to really pay off for for Seattle and Christine Michael owners this week. John, you've done a lot of homework. Uh, that week off didn't hurt you at all. You're in top form here. I love the picks. Ready, man. And justification, my friend. <laughs> I'm going to counter with uh, Zeke Elliott of the Cowboys. At 8,500, I'm paying up for a couple of guys right off the hop here. This is a statement game for my boys against the Eagles at home in prime time, and the Cowboys are coming off a bye week. Throw in the fact that Dez should be back in the passing attack, possibly drawing some focus away from the productive ground game and the rest of the weapons they have among the wideouts and a tight end, of course, my guy, Witten. Uh, I'm banking on the Cowboys' offensive line also winning this key battle up front and the rookie back continuing to do what he's done every week on his way to a record season for rookies in the running back position. So I'll pay up for a guy who's fast become a, re- become a real favorite for Cowboys fans. Uh, and I'll pair, pair him with a guy I'm surprised at the price tag here for LeGarrette Blunt, quite frankly, John. 
He's only down there at 6,600 bucks. The Pats have surprised me by not favoring their passing game at the expense of the ground game since Brady came back. Uh, in fact, the short passing game has forced opposing defenses to reduce their aggression along the front line, and, and Brady's been picking them apart that way and affording Blunt the opportunity to find some holes in, in, the, in the ground game. And he's coming off the most productive game of the season so far last week. Uh, on the other side of the ball, as for the Bills' defense, they could be in for a long day just because they've been decimated by injuries at the receiver position, and I think this unit is going to be on the field a lot and facing some lengthy drives in this one, and I think uh, Blount, Blunt wears them down, particularly in the second half. I think they're going to run out the clock behind him and, and that line, and he'll pile up some points like I talked about earlier in the show, maybe even garbage time. Uh, wide receivers, John, let's build your case for a trio of uh, guys that will catch the ball this week. All right, I, I have kind of three three different options here, three uh, three different tiers. Uh, number one is is the most expensive guy on the board this week, but I, I think it's with good reason. Julio Jones sitting at ninety two hundred, going against Green Bay. Uh, you know, this is a game where uh, the Packers are are. I don't even know who who's going to be starting at cornerback for them. They, they might I might be getting a phone call here in a few yeah. minutes from, from them. I mean, they have. Absolutely nobody in the secondary right now. Uh, they're definitely hurting, and I think Julio Jones is going to take advantage of that. I mean, he's a guy that that can go off in in every single game, uh, especially you know you're playing fast track at the Georgia Dome. I, I don't see how he how he gets less than 20 points this week. I think he's an absolute lock. Um, so I'm going to go with Julio to start things off. Uh, moving down the list, I'm going to go with uh, Kelvin Benjamin uh, sitting at 7,300. Uh, He's playing Arizona at home. Obviously, Arizona, they got Patrick Peterson, they got Tyron Matthew, they got guys that, that kind of worry you in that secondary. But Arizona is coming off a really, really grueling divisional game, and now they got to fly across the country to face the Panthers. Panthers that are fresh, they're coming off a bye. Uh, or Benjamin, I'm sorry, uh, averaging 10 targets over his last three games. Uh, I think he's going to see a similar target volume this week, and I think that, uh, you know, Fresh legs, a rejuvenated Cam Newton uh, dropping back. Hopefully the, the Panthers kind of figured out how to protect him and give him some time to throw uh, during the bye week. And I, I think with that, I think we can see Bel- uh, Benjamin uh, uh, definitely uh, take advantage of that. I think he's going to be kind of overlooked this week. I think some people might be a little bit worried about that matchup. And I think with that and GPP scenarios, Calvin Benjamin is a nice play at 7,300. And then uh, Emmanuel Sanders, 6,600, rounding us off. I know that it's not particularly exciting uh, to use a receiver that, that's on the receiving end of Trevor Simeon's throws. But at the same time, going against the Chargers secondary, I always think is a pretty favorable matchup. And he actually has 11 more targets than Demarius Thomas, which I think is kind of a surprising stat. So I think Sanders is going to be leaned on in the intermediate passing game. Uh, We've seen him slip behind uh, the secondary down the sidelines uh, and get into the end zone several times this year. So I think that at 6,600, he's a guy that I'm definitely targeting as a lower-priced receiver that that has a ton of upside. Well, I'm going to pick up on your theme of targets, John. That was really what I was focusing on in my receiver picks. Uh, Mike Evans is the most expensive of my trio at 7,900 bucks. I picked him solely based on his, well, on the combination of his consistency uh, as a productive wide receiver, lining up against one of the worst pass defenses in the league. Yeah, I said it again about Oakland. 
Sue me. I'm right, though. Uh, I, don't ask, I don't ask too many questions in such a matchup. Just plug in and play this guy. He's averaged 18.3 FanDuel points per week on the season, and his line from last week, eight catches on 13 targets for 96 yards and two, D, two D, TDs. Looks like it's the, it's the repeatable in this matchup for me. Then uh, behind him, I'm going to go with Devontae Adams of the Packers at $6,600 against Atlanta, continuing the theme of receivers who will see a high volume of targets is Adams. He's the busiest. He was the busiest wide receiver in the league last week with 13 catches out of 16 balls from Aaron Rodgers. And there's my partnership with the pitch and catch combination. And I expect uh, Jordy Nelson to draw much more attention in the passing attack. So the Falcon secondary may only have to be able to uh, go one-on-one against Adams, and I like his chances of torching them in, in that matchup. And then finally, Willie Sneed for $6,400. This is a bit of a surprising price tag, given that he's a favorite target of Drew Brees, who, as we all know, is guaranteed to throw a lot every week. This is a low price tag for a guy who figures to be getting that high volume of targets again this week, as always. He's averaged 12.9 points a week in fantasy and should top that in this key divisional back battle because I don't think Seattle's defense is as good as it's been in the past, quite frankly. Oh, and, wow. And, uh, <laughs> and then uh, your tight end picks there, John. I'm going to go with Travis Kelsey uh, of the Chiefs, uh, 5,700, so a little bit expensive for your tight end, but not breaking the bank. Uh, going to Indianapolis, he's been underutilized the past two weeks, which I think has dipped his price tag a little bit. Only six total targets over the last two weeks, where he was getting seven, uh, eight targets in each of his last four games before then. Uh, and then, you know, you think about going against an Indianapolis defense that, that'll give up points to, you know, to anybody. Uh, I think that this, the Chiefs are going to be able to move the ball on them. And the Chiefs are definitely a team uh, that, that aren't explosive to the outside, but they can move the ball with those intermediate with the intermediate passing game. And that's where Kelsey comes in. So I see his target volume ticking back up to that seven, eight target range here. If you if you can haul in five grabs, uh, 50 yards and a score, then that's all you really need from him. And I think that's certainly within the realm of possibility this week. Now, John, I asked you about the, how far Green Bay was for you because I think you might well be suiting up for that Green Bay secondary, and I think you're going to be facing Jacob, Jacob Tammy at the tight end position uh, for 5300 bucks. I know he's not been targeted much uh, in the past week or so, but uh, this matchup figures to work for him. I think the Packers secondary has been successfully exploited by the passing game in the last few weeks and exposed and you have to think they're game planning for Julio Jones and friends at the wideout positions that should leave a lot of vulnerability underneath and I could see get, uh, Tammy getting a lot of looks there so I expect you to be busy in your NFL debut <laughs> your, your defense John uh, this one is a little bit off the wall um, I'm going to go with Detroit uh, they're, they're at home against Houston I mean I might be a little bit of recency bias uh, going on here but watching Houston's offense uh, in Denver last week. Obviously, Denver presents a completely different challenge defensively than a Detroit team does, but Detroit's extremely cheap this week. You get 4400 and I just like betting against uh, Brock Osweiler right now. I just ha- I, Until he shows that he can really move the ball with any sort of consistency, I'm just going gonna, gonna to say the jury's out on him. Uh, so I, I really don't see a, a situation where Detroit gets lit up per se, and you know I don't think Detroit's necessarily gonna gonna have like a domineering shutout per se, but I think that they're definitely gonna be able to hit hit value, and you know if you're really pinched for salary in a GPP type format, I think that I think that Detroit is definitely worth a look here just based on that matchup. 
Well, I'm going to counter by saying that I found some value plays at the wide receiver slots that afforded me to go right to the top of this table and pick the Minnesota Vikings at Chicago. I feel comfortable going with the Vikes defense, banking on their consistency as the most dominant and productive defense in fantasy play this year. And they're facing Jay Cutler, who has got to be ranking as one of the most erratic veteran QBs that we've seen in the NFL. What? He's, Jay Cutler? Yeah. He's a, pick, he's a model of consistency. All right. <laughs> Put the in in front of consistency, and you got it right there, John. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know that the Bears' ground game is limited, too, and that leaves a leaky passing game to challenge its aggressive unit, and I'll take my chances. I think Minnesota scores a TD from the defensive side of the ball, and uh, they'll make life miserable for a miserable-looking guy. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, now, before we move on, John, uh, and wind this thing up, uh, I want to remind our listeners that you do a great job with your co-hosting gig with my, my, our buddy Mario Puig uh, on the College Football Pod. Why don't you tell our listeners a bit about that? Well, this, this week, week we, we delved into, uh, there are a few really marquee matchups uh, going on that are going to decide three of the power conference uh, potentially their title games uh, the Clemson Florida State game down in Tallahassee that the winner of that game has gone on to play in the ACC championship game I believe each of the last seven years uh, so that's going to be a, a huge game uh, then out west we're going to have Washington traveling uh, to Utah Utah has been really tough uh, they just got this running back uh, Joe Williams back from from a quote-unquote retirement he basically just uh, stopped playing in September, came back, uh, ran for over 330 yards last weekend. Uh, so that's going to be a real clash, real test for Washington. And then uh, right right here in Madison, we got uh, the Badgers hosting Nebraska. I think this game is going to determine the fate of the Big Ten West uh, to see whoever goes up against, uh, I would guess, Michigan coming out of the East. But, you know, Ohio State, uh, I don't think that they're going to stay down for long coming off their loss last week. So those are the big three matchups that we looked at, and then we also uh, took a look at some of the season-long uh, plays of the week from, from kind of smaller conferences, so so uh, definitely worth checking out this week. And I invite listeners again to take a look. You guys have rekindled my interest in college football, and that's a big deal. Appreciate that. You. Uh, great job. Continued success you. there. Uh, your pick of the day, John, who is it? I got to go with Booker. It, it's, it's not necessarily a complete uh, point total uh, thing for him just so much as it is the value. I think that, you know, like I was alluding to earlier in the show, it's very important to, to uh, you know, when that, when that sleeper becomes really trendy, do you think he's going he's gonna to be able to actually perform up to that hype? And I really do think that Booker uh, going at home against, uh, against the Chargers I think that, that that all kind of adds up to a recipe for success, especially with C.J. Anderson sitting out. I, I really do see 20-plus carries for Booker against a defense that, that has been a little bit vulnerable against the run and definitely is just incredibly banged up. I, I can't think of a team that, that has sustained more significant injuries than the Chargers really this year. So I think that this is a week where Booker uh, really gets it done. Well, and, and it's great that we have such a contrast in our plays today. I went to the top of the board for my quarterback, and I think Aaron Rodgers is going to be the key to my success. He, still, he showed me and reminded everybody that he's still got the it factor going for him. When the whole world knew he was going to throw the ball a ton and was successful against an admittedly weak Bears defense, which we panned already, uh, I expect a similar outcome against a comparable Falcons defense, and I expect good production out of the quarterback position to lead my team into the money in our staff league this week. I'm long overdue for a comeback there, John. So, uh, so there you have it for John McKechnie, who you can follow at Johnny McKechnie. I'm Paul Bruno, reminding you 
continue to follow me at Statsman22. We wish you good luck in your FanDuel picks. Come back to listen to our podcast on a daily basis to get an edge on the competition. So long, everybody. Your backyard's right in our backyard, which means we have hand-picked products that are right for the birds in your neighborhood, like premium bird seed, suet, birdhouses, and feeders. Stop by your local Ace and get everything you need to attract the birds you want, including Ace Wild Bird Food, on sale now. Now through Tuesday only, when you buy two 20-pound bags of wild bird food, get a third bag free, only at Ace, the helpful place. Offer valid through February 28th at participating stores.